Hey everybody, Stephen here from The Truth About Dyslexia. In today's episode, we have a question from Courtney over in the US of A. Um, And I'll give you the gist of her message. She's been listening to the podcast for a month or so and learning heaps from it, which is awesome. Uh, She's dating someone with dyslexia and she's been told that he has dyslexia. They haven't had the conversation themselves. Um, And, you know... I'm guessing based on the gist of this, she likes him, which is lovely and awesome. Um, But he's struggling to uh, deal with new things, you know, try new things like trying new restaurants, experiences, uh, going to new places, meeting new people. You know, he's, you know, and especially without his friends. So like where he's uncomfortable, he's kind of shying away from things. And, it, you know, that's challenging in a relationship, right? Um, and the kind of question here is, you know, how do I bring this dyslexia conversation up? How do I, you know, how do we talk about it when he doesn't know I know, which is a great challenge, which is, you know, probably very common. Uh, so in today's podcast, we're going to talk a little bit about that. I'm going to try and answer Courtney's challenge and, uh, give a few tips. So let's dive in. Okay, so let's try and answer this question for Courtney. This is, you know, this comes up in a lot of different spaces where someone has told the other person that they either have dyslexia, it could be another neurodiversity as well, like ADHD. I have a very close friend from school whose parents, I think I've mentioned this in podcasts before, didn't tell him he had ADHD till he was like 30 something, um, even though they knew it for 20 years. Uh, so, you know, it's always a surprise, right, when that comes across your your table. Um, and so there is a lot of, you know, negativity placed around things like dyslexia, right? Now, I sometimes have to check myself with this because I have, like I would say, I have a very, very high understanding compared to the average person. Um, and it's it's not easy. Like I sometimes... And myself feel it's a lot easier than it is because I've been doing this for so long and I've I've chatted to so many different dyslexics. Um, I've helped to break through and help them understand a bit more about who they are and what's happening. But in reality, there is a huge amount of people that have dyslexia and don't know they've got it. And, you know, there are there are partners, parents, everyone out there who are going, hmm, I kind of see this in you, but you don't see it. And they're very shut off to even knowing they have dyslexia. And then you've got another another swathe of people that have been diagnosed with it, but have either tried to move past it, they've tried to forget about it, they're self-conscious about it, um, there's a real issue with self um, on it, and it's really hard to even bring it up and share it. Um, it's not an easy conversation to have. And I think... Um, in Courtney's case here with her question, you know, it's a really tough point, especially that early in a relationship. Uh, I personally have, you know, I know when I got with my, when I met Holly, my wife, I was so open about everything when we met. When I decided to get into a relationship, I just let everything out. I see here's everything I've done wrong. Here's who I am. Here's what I believe. Um, here's what I want from my life. You know, I, I, I'd gone to a point where I just got sick of hiding that stuff inside and kind of trying to pretend to be someone I'm not. But there was a period there where 100% to a point that was that was who I was. I didn't talk about my dyslexia. I kind of 
in a weird way ignored it to um, pretend like it didn't affect me. You know, so I it was easier just to put it in the corner and say, I'm it doesn't matter if I'm dyslexic, I can do anything, I can work a way around it. And that was a real positive outlook for me. And um, I thought I was doing the best for myself. I truly did. I didn't do it as a trying to hide something from the world. I just really thought that was the best way to create a fantastic life um, for myself. And and for a period of time, you know, I, I drove forward with that. But then comes a time where you have a moment of, of re- recognition, should I say, of, of self awareness in my life and I probably was you know I'd like to say late 20s when I really probably had it early 30s where I kind of clicked there's there's more to this thing than just pushing forward and and hiding from something that could be the case Um, and at that point it's kind of like a needle shifted and I went from not acknowledging it at all to probably over acknowledging it Okay, and so this is the challenge when you're having a conversation with someone like this is that if they're still in the zone of I'm just going to ignore it and it's not going to define me or I'm remarkably self-conscious about it. I don't want anyone to know or talk about it. It's really hard to bring it up with them. You know, um, like it's you've kind of got to be very cautious because, you know, what I've seen with dyslexics, if you do take them off guard and they think you've gone behind their back and found something else out, even if the story is not true, the story they tell themselves in their head at that exact moment of reckoning um, can be very hard for them to get past. You know, it can be very hard for them to break through. So if you said, hey, I was chatting about you and found out you were dyslexic, do you want to talk about that? You know, I can tell you, you're going to probably in many cases see a shutdown, especially if they haven't raised it much in their life or really spoken about it. Um, so that's, you know, that's, that's a tough way to do it. What you are better to do, in my personal opinion, is do you know anyone else who is dyslexic? This is a question. Do you have any other friends that might be dyslexic? You know, that could fit that mold. Um, what I would say then is go, you know, say something like, I've been listening to, you know, a podcast about dyslexia. I believe James or Lisa or whoever is dyslexic, we were having a chat about it and it got me thinking about it. And I've, I've learned all this stuff about how it's so much more than reading, writing and spelling and how it impacts communication. It impacts the way we think about things visually. Um, you know, we some, you know, what I'm learning is that dyslexics have such a powerful visual mind that they can experience things in their mind before they do it, which can really impact the world. It's, it's really interesting stuff. And just, you've got to be very, um, you've got, got to be very aware when you're doing this as well, that if he doesn't bite, that's okay. Leave it. It will mull around in his head and then give it a few days, maybe bring it up again in a different way. And what you want to do is just kind of drop these points out, um, which his brain are going to pick up on, even if he doesn't show you externally, okay? You're going to start to be seeding it. You know, I know about myself when I first started on this journey and and a lot of journeys, I like to think I came up with the idea. I'm less like that now, but I used to love to think that, even though what was happening is people were seeding the stuff and it was coming into my consciousness, and then I thought it was all, I'd come up with it. You know, that was a real key thing. Whether I said that outwardly or inwardly, that was kind of what was happening. So the ability to seed it like that um, and give him a chance to grab on the hook is really awesome. Make it not about him. 
and very quickly you might he might just say oh i've got dyslexia and say oh that's interesting and you know the more you kind of show him that it doesn't impact a negative feeling towards someone with dyslexia the more likely he will speak up about it or come to terms with it like that's super important because you know if, if a lot of people have not done the research they've not listened to podcasts like this they haven't dug deeper into how it impacts you beyond the kind of you know the I don't want to say the boring stuff, but the reading, writing, spelling side. And so, you know, firstly, you have to get over the challenge of, of knowing that he has dyslexia. Because the worst thing I've seen people do is they'll just start preaching. And people don't want to be preached to. It just doesn't work. You know, if you just say, oh, you should do this, this and this and that. Boom. Explosion. Doesn't work. Your first step is to get him to admit he has dyslexia and to feel comfortable around you talking about it. Okay, so that's step one. You can't make any change until that happens. Um, it just it just won't won't get there, right? So this is the first step. At that point, you can then have the opportunity to share some ideas that you're learning about how the dyslexic mind works and how things create. And you mentioned one of the challenges is is that he struggles to go out a bit sometimes um, without his friends around. And and that's hey, that's quite normal, right? Like I'm. I'm similar. Like if I think in my head about an experience, and I talk about this with my dad a while back, you know, he was, a, this was a massive challenge of his where if he had gone to a party five years ago and my mother at the time, who was that when they were married, had asked him to go to another party that was a bit similar, not the same, but similar, his brain would experience that whole party in his head and he'd go, no, I don't want to go there. Because he'd either experienced it or he had such a connected emotion, it just wouldn't go. And, you know, with dyslexics, there's so much of that around. There's so much fear, like we, we hold so much. And again, if you think of dyslexia as like all of the, the challenges on a spectrum, you know, every human experiences everything a dyslexic does. We just We just have higher volumes on certain stuff. And so that type of emotional connection to things can really be be challenging. Does that make sense? So like it's it's trying to start to, to seed that stuff in there. But the first thing you've got to do is ignite the fire. One, that he, he can feel accepted that you know. And two, that, you know, you're okay with it. Like there is nothing wrong with someone with dyslexia. It's just a different way of thinking. You know, it's, you know, it's, it's no different to you like Pepsi or Coke, right? Like it's a decision or nothing. You know, you can have nothing as well as an option. But, you know, it's... You know, it's kind of like it is that. It's just a type of thinking style. So him getting more comfortable that you're comfortable with him and vice versa seems like a bit of a game and it takes a little bit of time. But once that's there, it, it forms that foundation where you can have those next deeper conversations. Um, and what I would also say is is around, you know, with trying to go out to new things, you know, what what's something that would take him in the right direction there? What's something that he enjoys that you could go out and do with him and try and, you know, and, and kind of de-risk it for him? What's something that's a small step in the right direction to show him that he can have fun, you know, doing, doing something that's a bit different, a bit out of the ordinary? You know, because what you can see with dyslexic relationships, and I see this a lot, is that um, at the start of a relationship... Someone with dyslexia, if they're really keen to to find the right person and they usually have a really great intention, they can put a lot of energy in. So the first month or two, you feel like, and I don't know if this is your case at all, you, you know, you feel like 
you are the queen, you are everything, and they are a different person. Another month or two in, they start to not, I don't say revert, but they they become more authentic of who they are, which could mean they don't want to go out as much or, you know, they... I don't want to say, and this is this is not a mean thing, but they can get bored to a point in their own brains. You know, they put all this energy in. It then gets a bit boring as well. And so, not that you're boring, or you know what I mean here, but in, in the way their brain is using dopamine is they need a bit more excitement. You know, something in there that's going to kind of, um, you know, get their brains working, some constraints. So maybe try a few different ways. So instead of, you know, maybe suggest to him, you're going to plan an evening out and it's all on you to do it. You're going to do a dinner and a movie. He's not allowed, you know, maybe he's not allowed to know the movie or where you're going and you're just going to surprise him. So give him, give him a picture of that in advance. Make sure he knows when it is. Um, try and make sure it's on a day where it hasn't had to expend a huge amount of energy all day. Like it's a really big day at work or something like that. Um, I know for me, it's when I play football, I, I'm not good after that. I just expend too much energy, physically, mentally, um, that I struggle. So you want to kind of do it that way. You could even potentially try and say, hey, I'm going to take, let's go out for brunch or something in the morning. Probably work out where his energy is at different times of the day. Some of us are night owls, some of us are morning owls. Maybe not morning owls, you know what I mean? Morning cats, I don't know. We'll come up with a better saying there. But we've got more energy in the morning, so... Like for me, for example, I probably have more energy in the morning than I do in the evening. So like if someone says, oh, let's go at eight o'clock at night, I just, if I'm honest, I just don't have, I, I struggle with, to have the mental energy to do it as much as I used to, especially. So you want to kind of try and feel that out and just test a few things, you know, just test a few things. And, and you know, I think one thing you said in that message, Gordon, is you're not taking it personally. And that is the biggest thing. You know, but I also know how hard it can be as well. So it's not personal. He's not doing this to you. Um, he's probably eaten up inside that he's not living up to your expectations. He's probably dealing with that as well. And so it, it is a balancing act. But take it step by step. If you can get across to him around the dyslexia thing, that's that's massive. And just keep nudging forward. Thank you for your email. Thank you for your question. I really appreciate questions through the website. Have an epic rest of the day, everybody. And I'll be back next week.